0: Are locked on wild, your Minnesota wild every day. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hello, I am your host, Joe Booley of zonecoverage.com. And again, Tony is out. I know he's got uh, some preoccupations going on, but I do have a power packed guest with me. I have Jesse Pierce from NHL.com, The Athletic, Touchpoint Media, all writing for hockey, as well as her own podcast, Bar Down Beauties. If you haven't listened to that, I suggest you seek that out on Apple Podcasts as well as other podcasts. Uh, podcast formats. Jesse, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I finally kind of was able to uh take a seat. It wasn't busy, but it wasn't the same time. So kind of been a, a crazy day, but it's been a good time. Thanks for having me.
0: It's been kind of a, a false start a little bit. So it's it's kind of crazy. So I do appreciate you coming on the show. And uh again, we'll just probably get right into it here and uh start off. Uh, what was your overall opinion on the uh, the Wilds trade deadline uh with Zucker kind of really being the only move that they were able to con- commence or consummate
1: yeah you know to start right there i think that was a great trade i mean it seems like it's forever ago now it's only about mm-hmm. a week but um it it was a it was a good move for both teams um you know i'm I'm happy for jason he's doing well in in pittsburgh which we expected him to do you play on a line with Sidney crosby that's bound to happen for a player um but it's, it's good for him there's enough it's, you know i think it was enough of the trade rumor swirling too he finally could put an end to that they moved on from him um and then just a the quiet Day really. I mean, we thought maybe that uh, it looked like there might be a big shakeup with Zach Parisi rumored to uh, head to Long Island out there, or Brooklyn, rather, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, he, he stays put. So um, overall, I think I'm not totally surprised because I think Bill Guerin has taken a very smart approach to this entire thing, to this entire season, really. Um, he's been very patient and he stressed again today that he wasn't going to make a trade just to make a trade because everybody thinks the team needs to be shaken up. He really wants to analyze and make sure he's doing the right things for the future of the team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly he tries, he's trying to play this trade deadline and even really, really any of the players that he has available to move upon uh, kind of playing that with as a, um, from a, a, a position of strength, isn't he? I
1: think so. I mean, it's, he, he said he fielded quite a few calls today too. In addition. And of course he wouldn't go into details as to who play, what players might've been, entertaining the ideas, but he also realizes there's an off season ahead too. And especially with the need for a new coach, you know, you want to work with whoever you hire in that position too. So, I mean, I, I don't think that the wild missed the boat per se by not making any big moves today or really doing any out of the water splashes. They did plenty of that last year. It's not terrible, that they're <laughs> going to sit this one out. Um, and again, just really making sure that you make those right moves and you're moving the right pieces um, and to see what's there he still believes that this is a team that can make the playoffs. They're still currently five points out. So that's, it is a possibility. Um, You know, overall, again, I think it's okay that he, uh, he was on the sidelines today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I do feel like that there was definitely moves to make, but uh, with everybody signed, you don't really need to. So at the same time with some of the assets that kind of swirled around uh, the, the, you know, with all the trades that happened today, do you feel like, maybe there was a few players out there that, uh, that maybe uh, the wild failed to maximize values on some of them.
1: I mean, there were a couple and that was kind of the other thing I've been thinking about this for the past few weeks now is who would, I love to see the wild grab, right? Like who would mm-hmm. really make an impact and who would make a difference in this team. And obviously the big focus is you need a strong player up the middle you need a centerman for sure so what kind of guys are available for that without going older too because I think that's the other concern some of the players that might have been available you're still getting into that older era player even if the Parisi Andrew Ladd trade had happened Andrew Ladd's 34 years old too so you know I think for me it's like the the challenge of finding a young enough player but still somebody that could jump into the lineup, especially with the current injuries that the Wild have. I mean, Luke Conan and Carson Susie being hurt. That also, I think, handcuffs the Wild a little bit as to what they could do because they would need somebody to be able to kind of jump in. Um, You know, I like Vincent Trocek. I think Carolina Mm -hmm. actually overall really won the trades. I think they had a lot of really sound moves. um, (laughs) Goaltending is still kind of a question mark for them. But I think Vincent Trocek would have been really nice to have Um, seen Brady Shea. I've been mm-hmm. a big fan of yep. his. A nice Minnesota boy. He would have been a nice defensive asset, I think. Um, so maybe those two. Otherwise, there hasn't, there weren't too many guys that I was like, oh darn, I wish they were here. I mean, Chris Kreider, if he hadn't extended in the New York right. possibility there too, he would have been. But again, he's on kind of the older side. Um, but for me, there, there just really wasn't uh, anybody just making me, you know, drool. I guess
0: per se. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned the Carolina Hurricanes making some big moves, but uh, what a, there's two other teams that I thought were uh, were actually in the news quite a bit throughout the day was uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins and the New York Islanders. Obviously, the New Islanders were tied with Parisi, but uh, they, they went ahead and, and made a big move for uh, J.G. Pajot and uh, then also extended him. And also the Penguins, uh, they they went out and got uh, Patrick Marlowe.
1: You know, and it's funny because the Penguins, they they acquired a few other younger kids, too. And it's mm-hmm. I, its very, very evident. And it started with the Zucker trades that they want to win now. Again, Crosby and malkin they're getting older as well. They can't play forever. And they want to win a cup with these guys. And I think that was very apparent in, in getting, um, you know, Riley Barber and Phil Verone, I believe, are the two other ones that they acquired, along with Patrick Marleau. Um who was a big fan, which I thought was kind of funny. I don't know if you've seen that rolling around. Patrick Marlowe has a Penguins shirt on as a young kid and I guess <laughs> yeah. was a big fan. So good for him because he's bounced around a little bit. And again, he's mm-hmm. aging. Um, but I think it's, it is. It's interesting that, that that Pittsburgh was as active as they were. Obviously, they're dealing with some injuries. Jake Gensel's her, her out there for them, a couple other guys down and out. Um, but I mean, it, it was clear by the way that they were active that they want to win now and they think that they were just a few pieces away and they're hoping that those guys can kind of spring them them forward.
0: Not only did uh, Marlowe wear a shirt and was a Pittsburgh Penguins fan when he was a kid, but I think also I saw from the Pittsburgh Penguins Twitter account that uh, not only was he uh, a fan, but he was also drafted at the Igloo.
1: You know what? I don't know if I saw that, but that probably makes sense, I suppose, just thinking about his age. That's kind of funny. And it's nice he'll be able to wear number twelve. In Pittsburgh as well. So that was pretty kind. I forget who yeah. had who had had that number beforehand, but good to give him kind of that status and, and good for him because again, he's the guy that has a chance to now win a cup with a, a prestigious team. It would never be a bad thing to be traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't think. I,
0: I don't think so. All right, perfect. Well <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into our first break here. I do want to have a little bit of an extended segment on the next one because there's a lot to dive into on the the report of Zach Preezy was going to be traded and then he didn't get traded. So a lot to digest here. We're going to take a quick break and on the other side, we'll talk about that. Uh, you're listening to lockdown wild with guest Jesse Pierce from NHL.com. Welcome back to the program. Jesse Pierce is my guest from NHL.com bar down beauties podcast, a uh, number of different, different places as well. The athletic Minnesota and uh, a touch point media. <laughs> so you're kind of uh, all over the place, aren't we? <laughs>
1: I just, you know, hockey, hockey all the time. Uh, it's fun. It's, it's a lot to keep up with, though.
0: <laughs> it's certainly fun. Um, okay, let's get into the Parisi subject because it, it was, it, I think it surprised a lot of people when it first hit. I think Frank Saravalli from, I think, the Islanders media was one of the first people to uh, to report on it. And I just, what's your first thoughts when the the, the Parisi report hit?
1: Um. You know, there was, I'd be lying, obviously, if it wasn't a little bit surprising, but then kind of when you had a minute to sit back and digest it, it wasn't totally surprising. It was very clear beginning last year when Minnesota did not make the playoffs that Zach was starting to get very unhappy here. Um, You know, he's a competitor. He's a very driven, driven guy. And I think he didn't really want to stick around for a full rebuild. And he doesn't, you know, he wants, he knows his career isn't going to last forever, especially with how injury prone he can be. And, and just the way that he plays the game where those injuries are going to happen more, more frequently to a player like that. Um, I think that was kind of the first glimpse that you were like, uh, he might be a little unsettled here. Um, and then when Michael Russo of the athletic had, had spoken with him this summer and, and in his story, Zach had kind of blatantly said, you know, I would be willing to to move my my claws and, and look at another team. If that opportunity presented itself, because again, he wants to win a cup. Every player wants to win a cup and Mm -hmm. with him being 34 years old as well. And knowing that he's got a very small window, that's just shortening. um, I think it, it wasn't surprising that he would consider not being with this organization anymore. It's not to say that he hates the Minnesota wild. I know that was kind of, I got a lot of Twitter tweets at that and it's like, no, he doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's not that he hates it here. I mean, he's a Minnesota boy, but at the same time, he's, he's a competitor. He wants to win. And I think Bill Guerin wanted to give him that opportunity to do so too and give give the opportunity to the Minnesota Wild to get some new blood and inject some new life Mm. into there um, and see what that that could yield. So overall, a little shocking, but uh, kind of it made sense to me a little bit too.
0: So did you actually at any point really kind of believe that Preezy was going to be traded? Because at first report, it was that it was complicated. Uh, they're going to have to get the money work. And as time kind of dragged on, I think it it started from like, this is actually happening to maybe not. Did you ever believe that it was going to happen? You know,
1: I knew that there was going to be so much red tape. It was the, between the numbers and the NHL needing to approve so much and for them to work some different things out. Um, And it wouldn't, it couldn't have been a one for one trade with Andrew Ladd either there had to have been Mm. some other pieces. And I think i had heard rumors that the Islanders had also promised some other picks to some of their other trades that they were busy making today. Um, So I think that was a big part of it. Overall, I would say I, I thought there was still the small chance that it it got through, but because it wasn't even the rumor itself wasn't even kind of talked about until later and Zach was on the ice and he was there at practice today. Um, it started to be like, wow, they're gonna get this done by two, huh? Like I just don't see that happening. Um, so I did. I just figured it would just be a little bit too tough. I do believe, however, this was a big part of kind of planting the seeds heading into that off season. Um, you know, again, just because the trade deadline has come and gone doesn't mean that Bill Guerin's not gonna make any moves after the season's over. Um, so I think it's a strong possibility that this gets brought up again come summertime and, and Zach might be on the, on his way out after the season.
0: In your opinion, why do you think that the trade unraveled? Do you think it was more on the Islander side or do you think it was Bill Guerin maybe holding out for more?
1: Um, you know, I think it could be a little bit of both. Uh, Lula Lamarillo is a very unique man, right? And he knows what he wants. And I right. think if he got any kind of inkling that this might not work or this might not be right. I mean, he loves Zach Breezy. He loves Zach from all the way back in his devil days. Um, so obviously that connection there is very, very strong. And I think Zach probably feels the same way about him. Um, but I think it's probably a mix of both. I think maybe Lou could have gotten spooked and decided, nope, can't do this. Don't want to do this because he knows, you know, Zach, the way he plays. And again, you look at those, the next four years that uh, he, he could be out there. I mean, he's getting older and the back issue. And I don't know, there could have been a number of things. And then I'm sure Bill also wanted to be smart and say, Hey, not just going to trade him to trade him and i want to make sure i'm getting my return so i think it's definitely both sides um and again all the credit in the world to bill for for always kind of making sure to see both sides of that i think again in the jason zucker trade he was smart to look at here's what we can do and that was a very much about the futures but also galchenyuk is could do something if he pops 10 goals that's great that's not going to be bad you know or if he doesn't do anything that's okay too um, so I think his approach was very, very smart. Um, but again, I could see it also being on, on Lou's side as well.
0: Uh, one of the other interesting thing that's kind of popped up during the day was that there was a report from the Islander side that came out about Lamarillo possibly killing any deal if it became public or known to the public. How does... <laughs> your reporter slash journal mind kind of react to something like that because ultimately your job is to report the news right right no
1: it's it's tough especially with a guy like Lou amarillo, who is so well respected by the NHL and he's I mean he is who he is and he's very shut off and it was funny because as soon as it was announced that Lou Lamarillo was going to hold a press conference at 2:15. All of us in the media said, "Okay, nope, this deal didn't make it through because he would not <laughs> jump on and right. immediately do that." So that was kind of a telltale. And because Lou will not talk about it, even in his his address to the media out in Long Island, I believe he said, "Well, it didn't happen." He, you know, he wouldn't even entertain the idea that that discussion had ever, ever happened. Um, it makes it challenging though, because you're right; we do have a job to do, and we're you know we're reporting the news. The tough thing is it's also a balance of what's accurate and what's not and how much can do we really know about this and how much, you know, don't we, um, like even, you know, what went off the rails? I, I'm not sure. And I know we have speculated and you can speculate all day. Um, but it's, it's sometimes it makes it harder, you know, to have Mm -hmm. when a guy like Lou who wants to shut things down because it (laughs) gets out, you know, it's like, well, we're just, we're trying to follow those leads here. Um, but, and we'll keep chasing after him, I think, you know, and I think that's the right thing to do is to right. try to find out as long as you're doing it, you know, accurately and, and, you know, diligently and, and doing it justice. I always think that makes for an interesting time on your job. That's for sure.
0: So the, the the unique thing about this Parisi rumor slash, I don't even know if you want to call it an agreement yet, but it's different from the Jason Zucker thing where he was basically traded, I think three times, Yet some reason, I think even at the trade deadline last year, he was traded, but for some reason, paperwork fell through or whatever, but the agreements were there. This is a little bit different. How does that play? uh, I mean, they got, they got to come back and play as a team and Zach Preezy is going to be on that ice tomorrow against the uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. What's, how does, how do they move forward from that? I mean, it's
1: definitely going to be interesting for Zach and, and for the team, because at the end of the day, Zach had to say, yes, I'm willing to go there. Right. So I think everybody knows that that's out in the public now. Um, you know, Bill Guerin said he's spoken with Zach since the trade fell through and had mentioned, you know, I fully expect us to see the Zach Parisi that we have seen um, all year out on the ice. He's a professional. And I do believe that Zach's been in this mm-hmm. league long enough. He understands the business. He understands how to be professional. And, and he's always very good at that. Um, and we will have the chance to speak with him at morning skates ahead of the Columbus game. So I'm, I'm equally as curious just from my own perspective. Um, but I think same in the locker room, they have to understand that this was all part of the business. I think there's so much sense of relief in that locker room that guys weren't moved, that they can probably move past it pretty quickly. And because they also have to realize guys, we aren't in the playoffs yet. If we want to get there, we have to come together. We have to just, put it under, you know, push it under the rug and say, let's go, let's move forward and let's do this. And, you know, and hopefully Zach maybe steps up even a little bit more. I mean, he's wearing that A on his chest and maybe he addresses the team and says, Hey guys, I know this is what happened, but I'm here. I'm here for this organization and, and let's go. Um, You know, that's, that's the approach I I would hope he takes. And he probably will because Zach is, he's, you know, a leader. He He likes the team and he, again, wants to win. So hopefully that's what we see tomorrow.
0: Do you think that it, something like that really does affect players if they're willing, if it comes out reported that they're willing to waive a, a no move or no trade clause to, to get moved? Or um, do you think that affects the, the rest of the locker room on, on situations like that? Or do you think that the, no, they're, they're pros. They kind of understand that. Um, You
1: know, I think it's a little bit of both because while you're pros, I, there's the human element and it's a human aspect and it's probably a little bit hard not to feel slightly jaded by that like oh well what we're not good enough like you're willing to just up and leave while we're not you know performing at our best this season um you know i do i'm sure that's that's difficult but again you probably have to recognize sometimes there's an individual aspect too where you know if he is 34 he wants to go and win a cup and can you blame him you know like it's right. one of those things where you have to you have to acknowledge it you can't just let it be there I mean I think again I hope Zach comes in and, and says his piece and explain maybe you know not that he needs to explain himself by any means um, but just certainly kind of ex- he has to acknowledge it I think and that's the only way that they kind of can all move forward because you're right players are going to be like oh all right, that's our captain. That's just ready to jump ship, you know. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I think, but at the end of the day, again, they all have to be professionals. They have to go to work and do their job and and get things on track and moving toward a playoff push.
0: And uh, last question for this segment on the whole Parisi thing, you we we did talk about that there's an off season coming up and that this there's going to be probably some trades happening probably before the draft or even throughout the summer. Do you think that this is a move that gets revisited in the off season?
1: Um, 100% actually, really? uh, okay. like I said, Bill, just, uh, he kind of alluded that a lot of today, you know, though it didn't come to fruition, a lot of it, not just in the Parisi aspect. I think there are a couple other players that were in discussion for moves, um, that it was planting those seeds. I think he used that term two or three times, in fact, um, which made you kind of really feel like, okay, like he, he realizes that, you know, some things do just have to change. It just has to, let's. The team as is, I don't think is there to make a legitimate Stanley cup run. And I think Bill knows that. And again, he, him being a first year GM and a first time with this, with this team, wanted to just evaluate and see what was what and what can be salvaged. And what the one thing that I really like about Bill's approach to is the emphasis that he puts on communicating with all of these players. You know, he approached Miko Koivu to see if he would be willing to move and if he wanted to have the opportunity to move on to a Stanley Cup team. And Miko, of course, said no, um, knowing his contracts up at the end of the year. I'm sure he's mulling <laughs> retirement a little bit. Um, but even having that conversation with Zach, do you want to move? Would you be willing to trade? You know, we could put you on a team here, yada, yada. Um, and I'm sure he's had that with all the veterans and and every player on the team and said, hey, guys. I want to give you the best opportunity and I want to give this team the best opportunity. And, you know, I think everyone is aware of that and they know in the off season more changes are very likely to come.
0: All right. We're going to take one more break before uh, our final segment here. Again, uh, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com, the athletic Minnesota and Barredown beauties is our guest. And uh, on the other side, we'll get into some of the other players that were rumored heading into the trade deadline that also have stuck around on the Minnesota wild. And uh, we'll get into that right after this. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. Welcome back for the final segment of Lockdown Wild here on, uh, well, I suppose it's Monday night, but uh, you'll probably be listening to this on Tuesday as well. But uh, we're, we're with uh, Jesse Pierce from NHL.com to go over kind of the wilds trade deadline. And uh, I wanted to get into some of the players that uh, are still on this team that were rumored heavily uh, in, in trade rumors pretty much leading up to, uh, to today. Um, I want to start with uh, Jonas Brodeen. He's not traded. He was heavily rumored about. Uh, Do you think that there's likely a a move to be had there in the offseason for Brodeen?
1: You know, I think there there could be. I mean, he's a top four defenseman. I think he was one of the ones that I was surprised that something didn't quite come to fruition because there were so many teams that were looking for a defenseman. Carolina comes to mind, obviously, um, that it kind of seemed like, okay, well, maybe he would be a good player that you could yield a little bit of return even more so his his contract is is about up and do we want to extend him and do you want to pay him out what he probably deserves because he's a very very consistent defenseman um you know he plays really well with matt Dunbutt. he's just he's had a, another really great season i think he's somebody that you can really trust and he's definitely a top four defenseman and on any team in this league i think um i i'm sure that they probably do revisit that and again it's a matter of do you want to pay him what he is probably owed at this time or this time around, or do you want to try to move him in and look at some different prospect options? I don't know that he would yield necessarily an equal return in another defenseman, but I think it mm-hmm. would be another draft pick or another future prospect.
0: And I'm going to say, ask you the same question for, uh, for Matt Dumba. He was also another defenseman that was rumored uh, looking to potentially get a big fetch. Do you think that there's a move there in the offseason?
1: I think possibly, you know, I know Toronto was very heavy or from what I'd heard was very heavy and on, on inquiring about Matt Dumba. And I'm surprised Toronto didn't quite get as much done maybe as, as they could have <laughs> or should have. Um, I do. Especially
0: I think, to that fan base.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm sure they're just dying. We think it's bad here in Minnesota. Imagine being a Toronto fan <laughs> where you're just killing yourself. Uh, 42 no, year old Zamboni driver. Yeah. Oh God. That's, that's hilarious. I love it. I love it.
0: Um it's so great.
1: <laughs> um, but uh no, I do. I think you have to. I I I love Matt Dumba. I love the way he plays. Um this year hasn't been his greatest and I think he's probably playing still a little timid based on the injury that that cut short a very promising season for him last year. Um and I think he's just kind of he's gripping a stick too tight right now. So also I'm sure that was probably part of the reason that we didn't see him move is because he hasn't been performing to his best. The only reason I could see the Wild not really talking too much more about it is because they have kind of been all in on, on Dumba. You know, I think he's one of those guys that they've seen a lot of potential in. Um, so it would be a very it would need to be a very high, very enticing um return in order for them to move him. But again, I'm sure Bill would, would be open to a conversation if it was the right one.
0: When it comes to those two defensemen, Brodeen or Dumba, do you think that a move gets done for either one or the other, or do you think that there's potential that both could get moved?
1: You know, and I don't know enough about Callan Addison, who comes along with the Jason Zucker trade from Pittsburgh, but I've heard really, really great things. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason I could see Brodeen kind of being on the out if Addison can really step in, or even Dumba. Um, I don't know that you could do both. I think Carson Soucy is a very solid defenseman and I think he'll get some top four minutes. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. That'd be a lot. That'd be a very young second pair there. If you were to move Dumba and Brodine together, not that pattern or Brad Hunt can't move up necessarily. I just don't really see that happening either. And I'm not sure what pattern you know, what happens with him after the season either. Um, I would say it'd be a one or the other thing. And I would say you look at Brodine first, and then Dumba second. Um, And that's just kind of me taking a guess again, knowing that this ad is very highly touted and you've got Carson Susie here too.
0: Okay. Uh, You mentioned Greg Patteron. He also had an early uh, rumor come out first thing in the morning. I think also by Frank Saravalli um, said that the wild were getting calls about him. Um, If there was a move to be had there, do you think that he'd still be on this team? Or do you think that, uh, well, yeah. Do you think he'd still be on this team?
1: I no. I guess I, that was one <laughs> that kind of surprised me. I'm like, yeah, we'll, we'll go, you know, like, right, yeah. you can get, a, you know, again, there was, I can't, I keep saying it, but I, teams need defensemen right now. A lot of defensemen are down and out and I was kind of, it, yeah, like send him on his way, let him go do his thing. Um, and I think that they wouldn't bat an eye if somebody wanted to take him off their hands. Um, no, def- no offense to to Greg at all, by any means, but he doesn't do a whole lot for me personally here. Um, so I think mm-hmm. it would be a very easy defenseman to, or a very easy player in general to kind of part ways with. And, and I don't think you would even need to get a whole lot. I don't know that you would get a whole lot in return, um, but he's pretty cheap as well. So if you were to stick around, there's that to be considered too, but I think, he could probably be on the out
0: as well this year. Sure. Uh, and one other player here that I know uh, is kind of near and dear to you and uh, Alexis Pearson's heart is uh, Marcus <laughs> Foligno. My co-host Tony th- seems to think that if there was ever a time to really maximize and sell high on Marcus Felino, that this year was probably it before the deadline, because there's potential that in the off season that uh, he's not the same player or, or carries the same kind of value. Are you surprised Marcus Foligno is still on this team?
1: So I will start by saying, yes, my dear co-host, president of the Marcus Foligno fan club <laughs> um, is heartbroken, would be heartbroken if he were to ever leave. Um, and I totally agree with with Tony's analysis. that there was ever a time this year is the year that Marcus is going to fetch you the most return. Um, the difference and the reason that I would keep him 100% is, he is such a locker room guy and he yeah. is such a leader. If if I, if I were given the decision, if Miko were to retire after, after this year, I would absolutely put a C on Marcus Salino's chest. That's how truly impactful he is in the locker room and the things that he could do on the ice too. I mean, this season, I don't know that he can repeat, you know, some of the goal scoring and the, and the good things that he's doing. I would love to see that, but it's just, it's, for me, it's so much more than what he's bringing on the ice. Even it is, it's just this presence. He seems to really kind of, gels the entire team together people love him he's a great guy to work with and from the media perspective as well um and at the end of the day too if he were to move at deadlines the, the one hitch that i always saw is okay so say we trade him in the wild make the playoffs marcus felino is 100% a guy that you want on your team come playoff time right he's that big body he's just that presence on the ice and again he's that guy in the locker room so i would say I keep him at all costs. And I feel like he's a very Bill Guerin guy. I mean, having gotten to know bill a little bit more, he just seems like a guy that bill would absolutely get along with too. So um, I think, and I hope that Marcus is, is with this team for, for the long haul.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. We certainly believe that Felino at first when he was traded for was, was like, Oh really? Why are you, why are you, why is this the guy? That's the target. But uh, he's really, Really showed up not just this year, but even going back to last year, and really has been a strong player uh, and one of the better defensive players I think this this team has, and that's saying something with a team that has Miko Koivu.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, he's just it's it's been fun to watch him too, and I just feel like his game has grown tremendously this year, and I don't know if it's he's maybe kind of finally found his groove with the Minnesota Wild or he's just feeling more confident. Um, and he's been put together with some. I mean, him and Greenway on the same line are, are great as well. Um, but it is. It's just he's he's been fun to watch. He injects that energy and that life into the team when they need it, which they've needed it quite a few times this year. <laughs> um, so I just I I am. I I think he's a great asset for, for the Minnesota Wild.
0: All right, Jesse. Do you have anything to plug? Um, just Bar Down
1: Beauties. We release our podcast every Monday. Um, throughout every throughout the off season even i believe is what we'll, our plan is we're pretty new ourselves um and then yeah check out nhl.com i've got all game previews game recaps from the minnesota wild along with any breaking news for the wild or any other nhl team that happens to be in our fair state of hockey um <laughs> and yeah that's about it certainly follow me on twitter jesse underscore pierce and uh always appreciate the interaction with fans and thank you so much for having me on joe i
0: really appreciate it i really appreciate you uh helping me out today in tony's absence and uh just really great stuff i'd like to have you on again if it wouldn't be so much trouble
1: no i would
0: love to anytime just let me know all right perfect thank you uh all right that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on wild if you liked today's show please hit subscribe so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use. You can follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up Locked On Wild. And then you can also get in touch with us via email. Just email us at LockedOnWild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Locked Wild. And be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your Minnesota Wild every day.